I think it's great to just think about what happened in the last month or week and talk about marketing in general. I was reading one article and it was paragraph, ad, paragraph, ad. That is super annoying. The modern audience doesn't want to waste time. Instagram is hard to grow on unless you figure out what your niche is. You got 1 million subscribers in the last days and they're making a lot of money that way. You can have a conversation with Kendall Jenner or any other celebrity and celebrities don't have to do the work anymore. She was listening to my book, which one isn't even published yet. It's here, it's here and it's just going to get weirder. AIs and everything. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Frustrated by Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jim D'Amico, and I'm joined by my co-host, Addison McQuistian. And this is episode 17. It's another junk drawer episode where we pull out some marketing uh, news items and, and tidbits that we've found uh, over the last few weeks that we wanted to talk about that don't really fill up their own show, but uh, are interesting nonetheless. And we're going to go through a bunch of them today and uh, see what you think. So... I know Madison's got some and I've got some. So Madison, what have you found that you think is uh, interesting marketing in the world uh, these days? So the one I wanted to share is actually a photo that our marketing manager, Kenya, posted in ClickUp, which is what we use for keeping track of all of our tasks. And I thought it was very interesting because it does first in the ad. I mean, obviously it's like, it has little symbols, but you know what it's saying. And so we had a very interesting conversation about it with all of us through ClickUp. And I thought it would be kind of fun to just like talk back and forth about what you think of it and what I think of it, because it definitely catches your attention. But it's one of those ads where I think it can go either way, where you either like it because it gets your attention or you hate it because it curses. Okay. So yeah, let me share this so we can take a peek. We'll take a look at this ad. It's from Linktree. Okay, so this is the ad that Kenya shared, and it's from Linktree. And if you get down here, here's the uh, the piece that uh, you know Madison wants to talk about. So, what are your thoughts? I mean, I know one of the things we talked about was the coloring. I do like the red background, but I, yellow and red will always remind me of McDonald's, to be honest. And I thought it was McDonald's ad until you actually read the, you know, read the header and. The description and everything i'm not i like the header in yellow but i think the body text is a little bit difficult to read i agree because of it but overall i mean i it caught my attention i mean i wouldn't want my child seeing it but true uh and so what i think this is is a play towards the younger influencers yes so if definitely. you look at if you're paying attention on Instagram and TikTok and so on. Linktree is probably the biggest player for those platforms that don't allow. Yeah, that's what I easily. Use. Yeah. yeah, they don't they don't allow easily embeddable links, and they're making a lot of money that way. And so they went they went towards that youth demographic. You know, your influencers. You know, definitely trend younger. My my take on something like this is it looks like they're trying too hard, and. Mm-hmm. If uh, if it doesn't resonate with you, it's probably a turnoff. I'm not. It's not a turnoff to me that they use profanity. I think it's more that they didn't land. <laughs> you know, if yeah, I had to, yep. if I had to say, but it does catch your attention, and it does look a little bit like McDonald's for sure. I don't know if it's the. It's probably the exact same red or very close. The yellow has definitely got a little bit more of a green. Yeah, it. it does. Yeah, I definitely thought the red looked the same for sure. And, you know, those colors do pop. I agree with you. It is a little bit harder to read the smaller text, but it's a little unattractive. And 
you know, that's something to think about too. So, and like you said, I mean, it definitely reaches the younger audience for sure. But it's also funny because, like I said, it could go either way. Whereas you use profanity and it doesn't bother you. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but you know, you have people who like profanity and people who really despise profanity. So it can pretty much go half to half. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, I have no problem with it in my personal life. <laughs> I so use just, it, I use it plenty, but I do, I would say, you know, my, my main source of consuming media is podcasts. And when I come across one of those podcasts where uh, it's used constantly, you know, as a shock factor, I'm usually turned off by it. Uh, I, I prefer a little bit here or there when, when there is need for it yeah, or yeah. If the person's really excited. But I, you know, in our research for this podcast, there was one in particular, I can't remember the name of it, where it was every other word and it, it made that person seem unintelligent to me. And so I, I am turned off by it when it's, it's overused and when it's clearly used to get attention. Um, when it's, when it's the right time, it's, it's great. I'm a big fan, but so it, in this case, I feel like it probably wasn't. And that's the other thing too, is, I mean, we don't see this very often in ads. And I think that's why it catches your attention because, you know, they're trying, like you said, they're trying extra hard to stand out. And I mean, they do, but. And so I don't know, we didn't research this too much. I don't know if this was used in any print ads. It kind of looks like a print ad, but it was sent as an email to Kenya. So there, it's a direct outreach into your inbox with something like this. and. You know, I don't know if they took the next step to, to put it in print ads where it might have been even more shock value. Now, in this case, it's somebody who's probably already engaged with the brand. So maybe they're looking to, to reinforce that. I'm not sure. Okay. So, yeah, I guess we both <laughs> don't like it <laughs> uh, by and large on this one. So, my next or mine is um, I want to talk a little bit about Mr. Beast. He's the number one YouTuber in the planet. Uh, has been for quite some time. He just hit 200 million subscribers. And in one day since then, now this is probably a little bit, I'll share my screen again. This is probably a little bit of a FOMO. He got 1 million subscribers in the last day since he hit. So yes, I think it was just yesterday that he had 200 and now he's at 201 million subscribers. Okay. I don't even know who this is. <laughs> he, well, he's the number one YouTuber. Uh, he's been doing it since he was, if you look at his, community page he's been doing it since he was 13 oh uh, i think wow. he's i think he's 26 or 27 now he studied youtube at length and it has made it his life and he is now a very rich man because of it so i recently started paying attention to this over the summer it was a way to sort of kill time with uh, my eight-year-old and, and four-year-old and you know we watch these videos they're they're extreme and I look at it as sort of the, the modern game show. So he gives away a ton of money. He does crazy contests and crazy dares. He shows crazy things. You know, his last. So he kind of just does like a mix of mix of videos. A mix of videos, right? So this is his. He's showing a one dollar home versus a hundred million dollar home. And Justin Timberlake was in the video, and we thought it was really great. And he just sort of shows things that are insane, right? And he has figured out how. You, know, you can see he's got a very locked in cover image these crazy smiley pictures of himself he gives away in some videos a million dollars usually it's a hundred thousand dollars but he gives away a lot of money he does crazy things with lamborghinis you know he's he's going after a younger audience and he's going after 
them in a way that is very much like a modern game show. And very the fact that he has more subscribers in most countries is insane. The fact that he gets more views than most TV shows is insane. The fact that I, I heard somewhere that his production budget for next year is $125 million, I believe. Like that's his project production budget, something like that. So he spends a lot of the money that he earns and that's how he creates these insane videos. I just think it's it's interesting to watch somebody who has mastered YouTube. He's the number so he's the number one YouTuber. He's the number two account. There's he's only uh, the only account that's got more subscribers than him is called T Series, and it's basically MTV. If I understand it correctly, it's MTV for all of India. Uh, so the fact that he's second to something like that is insane. You know, a country that has a billion people. And a brand like that versus him being a single person. It's just impressive. And, you know, something for us all to watch. Owning your craft. If you look back at his older videos, they were not that great. He got better and better and more and more extreme and, and learned from himself. So I'm going to, you know, I've, I've been watching this for fun, but someday maybe our cover photos are going to look like this. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> we'll see. Because they obviously get attention. If you, if you pay I mean, they definitely pop. For sure. Right. They pop. They, you Just know, there's attention. there's there's an art to it. He takes the other thing that that he does really well is he makes things very succinct. So his videos, if you look here, the 17 minutes, 19 minutes, a, a TV show would have taken this content and made it a 10 series, you know, a 10 episode series. He puts it, boils it down. It's very very quick. Everything is very quick, and doesn't waste time. The modern audience doesn't want to waste time. They don't want to watch all this drama. They want to like. Or they want they want all the drama. They don't want it to be dragged out. They want it all at once. So uh, it's pretty impressive. So, anyways, that that's that's a big thing in in marketing. It's definitely a big thing for YouTube. It's only the second account ever to hit on two hundred million, and uh, he's already at two hundred one. So, anyways, that's my number two. I mean, that goes to show you too. If he started creating like you know videos that were very high quality, and now look at him, it just shows that with like persistence and keeping up with something. I mean make a lot of money doing it yeah and he and reach a lot of people right he he's learning he's learning from his from he's learning his craft basically he's mastering it and i know that um your next one is not supposed to be this but this would be actually <laughs> a good segue into your number number four about your strategy so you're learning from your oh, marketing yes. strategy for your book so let's let's switch it around since actually that's, that's probably like, a better yeah, time. super smart to go into that because that definitely works. So, so yeah. So, so just today you were telling me that you've uncovered some secrets to marketing your book in social media. So, tell me a little bit about that and how that's going. Yeah. So it's been it's actually really funny. I don't even know. This was actually an accident. I feel like how I came across videos that I knew could get a lot of views if I created them. And I mean that's kind of how it works. You know, you're kind of going through the motions of creating things, hoping that maybe something will stick out to people. And the first one I made was actually a interview of a girl from a TV show. And I put it over a video of Barnes and Noble. And it said, um, my brain, let's go book shopping today. And it's the girl getting super excited. And that has gotten about almost 400,000 views. So that's like my biggest video that kind of blew up, which got me a lot of followers. I've gotten about 400 in the last three weeks. Which is crazy because I've always said that Instagram is really hard to grow on unless you hit your direct audience. And I figured that 
even though I'm an author, my original strategy was reaching out to other authors or following other authors. Whereas like who reads books? Readers. Like authors read books too, but you want to reach your readers. And that's what I've realized my marketing strategy is, is really gripping those readers. Because then once I start marketing my book more, it's going to be easier because I already have those followers that are readers. Okay. Okay. So let's take a peek at that. I'm going to share my screen again here. And the other one I created, yeah, was my um, Pirates of the Caribbean one that I was up until midnight, I think, creating this video in Adobe Premiere Pro. Okay. And I took a couple of clips from Pirates of the Caribbean and made it book related. And it has gotten, I think, like 500 shares or something like that. But but which one is that in here? The Pirates of the Caribbean? Okay. Yes, that one. Okay. So we have Johnny Depp running away, holding a book. And he's doing his crazy Johnny Depp stuff. Because that's the so- thing. is like readers get obsessed with reading and you don't want to do anything else. And... That's exactly how I am when I want to read is I will put everything else off. And I saw this video just randomly and I was like, "Ooh, I should take some clips from that and turn it into something book related. And it's getting a lot of shares. And that's amazing. So you're, you know, what you're doing is you're creating memes. Um, The the one that I had seen somewhere in here, I think it's here. So this is what John Krasinski. Yep. And this one also did really well. And so Robert Downey Jr. And and it's just like, it's also that relatable, yeah, that relatable aspect too, that a, a lot of readers can relate to each other on a lot of different aspects. And this is one of them. So if you can reach this audience, I mean, you're pretty much set. So it is just like with marketing strategy. It's honestly finding the thing that works by just trying a bunch of different things. Right. And so, so what you've done is, like you, like you said, you've narrowed your audience. You sort of switched it a little bit to readers. You're creating memes that resonate with them. You're creating following for yourself and for your books by doing that. And then when it comes time to market that, yeah, you know, I, I would keep that maybe in meme form. This is how they react. So, you know, you'll you'll not that you're not going to have a salesy uh, my book is out post, but obviously you you proven that your audience really reacts well to these memes so using that would be a great way to get in in front of them for sure yeah or if it's a video of myself um realizing that i just need to be relatable in that aspect too so right right fun to awesome. create those i mean well, it's a lot of work but like that video that i created with premiere pro took me probably about like 45 minutes but it was worth it so oh that's that's yeah that's not bad um for a for something to get however many how many so that one got four hundred thousand or the other one got four hundred thousand? The other one got four hundred thousand, but this one I just posted yesterday and it already has about fifty. So that's great. Okay. Well hopefully it gets there. And yeah, I mean, there's obviously, you know, going back to Mr. Beast, there's people look for high production value. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's something in that with memes as well. High production value mean something you know not just reposing something somebody else did so these are ones you're creating on your own that's the where you're adding to it what will be interesting to see is if somebody starts taking so what i'll see with a meme that trends and someone will take they'll take your exact one there and instead of a book in his hand they'll put something else whatever it is and so they'll steal you know memes are very often stolen or copied 
So you've done half the work for them and then they'll just, you know, you'll see you know, their product or their book or something in the hand of Johnny Depp instead of what you've done. <laughs> um, but that's a good sign because that means that you've, you've tapped into something, um, mm-hmm. which is nice. And that's the other thing too, is there's so many, like, like you said, with the Johnny Depp thing, I mean, there are so many different things that you could do with that. So since we have like a burger client, or like, let's say sliders or something like that, you know, have Johnny Depp running with a wing away or something like that, because right. there are so many different things you can do to it and do make it relatable to your clientele. And yeah, because people love funny things. I mean, that's what, why people are sharing it because it's, it's relatable. Right. And it is funny. Um, it was funny in the movie and it's funny now. So yeah, maybe we will <laughs> take that. We, we might steal from you. <laughs> <laughs> well it's okay. hilarious because i was sitting on the couch i've like watched rewatched that so many times and i'll just sit on the couch and michael will just like laugh at me laughing at myself all right nice and i was like i was like i don't even care if five people see this i think it's absolutely hilarious but other people think it's hilarious too so good good well then you've you've, you've successfully tapped into the meme internet social media market which is awesome so that's great and and again, the, the the most important lesson from this is you you pivot it, and you you learn from what, what you know. It's not that it wasn't working before, but you you found the secret sauce, and that's yeah. And sometimes it just takes time. I mean, Instagram is hard to grow on unless you figure out what your niche is and kind of how to reach your followers. And then you know the I guess the sort of follow up to that is make sure you keep giving them what they like because now mm-hmm. they've followed those four hundred people. That's what they want to see. So if you all of a sudden yep. start showing them, you know, documentary style stuff, they're going to probably bounce yep. and, and unsubscribe or at least not interact with you, which would be bad. So mm-hmm. you've created a channel that's going to at least have some memes in it, which is okay because that's a lot of social media out there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So my number two is, this is a quick one, uh, sort of an FYI one. For anybody who's interested in podcasts, and I don't know if anybody was listening to podcasts on Google, but those are going away in 2024. We are currently on it until it disappears. But as everything that Google's been doing over the last year, this should really come as no surprise. They're basically moving their podcasts into YouTube, which is where we're having that makes have, sense. We're having our biggest success um, for distributing this podcast is on YouTube, even without some of the changes that are coming. So they're going to incorporate the RSS feed of your podcast into YouTube music that's coming at some point. They want essentially for you to be able to, what they've said here is they want you to be able to go to YouTube music and kind of switch between YouTube and YouTube music, depending on if you want to see or listen to a podcast, which I think is is great and it makes a lot of sense. That's obviously where they're moving you know, YouTube shorts. That's where they're moving their social network. So it makes sense to bring it in there and not have it be a separate thing. So not huge news because again i don't think anybody was using it and youtube is where a lot of you know i always hear that if you're under a certain age that's actually what you use to consume music there's no they're not using spotify they use youtube for for all audio basically um even though it's a video source they're even using they're using it for audio so this makes a lot of sense um for sure and it'll help us too i think so yeah, that is super interesting. I've honestly never really listened to Google Podcasts, I guess. Um, but I, that makes sense because I feel like that's not like a platform a lot of people use for podcasts. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, YouTube is notorious for trying stuff out and just killing it after a year. So uh, I don't know how long this was around for. We obviously 
found it, you know, whatever it was, seven months ago. Does it? But not, not surprising that they would get rid of it. They, they get rid of tons of, every year they, they kill, you know, three or four products and, and introduce three or four new ones. So, but again, their focus now is YouTube for, for most things. So it makes a lot of sense that they would push you into that. And even as it stands right now, our, our video podcast, which, you know, this is, is on YouTube and it's in a, a list called, you know, that you tag as being a podcast. So I think that's going to even become more audio centric at some point. You're going to be able to like have that as a separate file or something. I'm not, I don't know what's coming, but that's coming soon too. So we'll see, but they'll probably get more views. We're getting more views on, on Google, or I'm sorry, on YouTube than we are on all the other podcast apps combined. And I think what they'll do is their audio will probably do even better because again, because of that back and forth. So anyways, that's, that's new in podcasting and uh, I'm a little excited about it because again, we're, we've been the most successful there. And so anything that will help will be great. And I guess that kind of honestly relates to my third one too. Okay. A little bit on kind of audio books and what AI is doing with audio. I've seen a lot more of this lately, especially authors posting about pirating with their books and people copywriting it by using AI to create an audio book with an author's book. And then they will sell it on Amazon or other platforms as an audio book and make money from it. And this is becoming a super big issue, especially with authors, because one, they're not making money from it. And it's not the actual genuine audio book because a lot of authors spend a lot of money um, paying people to do the voices for their audiobooks. And also, it's still their rights. And AI is kind of taking that away, I guess. And people are using it to their advantage to make money off of it. And one of them that I wanted to talk about is Speechify because my sister was beta reading for me. And she was sitting over here on the couch and she started playing an audiobook. And I realized it was mine. I was like, Okay, that's really weird. Why is that happening? <laughs> and she said she found this app or website called Speechify where you can actually use like celebrities have their voices in there. And so you can pick a celebrity voice. You can pick other voices. Um, you can do it in different languages. And so she was listening to my book, which one isn't even published yet, for Speechify as an audiobook. It was very weird. So I just peeked at that um, between our our two calls today, and I saw that you could be you can have Snoop Dogg or Gwyneth Paltrow or a lot of other like you said read it. So did she pick like did Snoop Dogg read your book? Because that's what I would pick for sure. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, <laughs> that would be absolutely hilarious though. But I can't even remember what voice she picked. But it was very weird sitting here on the couch, and I would like heard the first paragraph, and I was like, wait a second, that's my book. So that's and crazy. she had a four. Four and a half hour car ride home, which is why she was trying to figure out if she could do it that way, then read it because she was worried about her coworkers spoiling some things for her. So she wanted to read it fast, but she had a really long car ride. So she was like, oh, I wonder if I could transfer this to an audiobook." But she realized you could. Wow. AI is in everything. She should have picked Snoop, Snoop Dogg for sure. <laughs> I, think, I think he'd be the best. I, I mean, to, the, I want to hear issue, that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I actually should try that. I mean, you do have to pay for it, which makes sense. But yeah, there are a lot of authors saying like, if you see this audiobook on Amazon, it is not my audiobook, not the real one. 
And that one that she shared, I think over like 20,000 people had bought that audiobook and it wasn't hers. Wow. And I guess the issue with it too is when I was kind of messing around with it with Speechify. I mean, you can tell it's AI generated because it's not, it almost kind of like has a little bit of Siri to it, if that makes okay. sense. Um, so there's not a whole lot of like inflection and things like that and emotion in the tone, which I think is a super important thing for audiobooks for sure. Especially when you start getting to like comments and things like that and discussion in it. But yeah. That's crazy. That's probably my most interesting thing I've noticed in the, the marketing world. Okay. Yeah. So I've never consumed an audiobook or fiction before. I do it for nonfiction all the time. And I, I always prefer, even if the author's voice is not radio ready, I prefer if the author reads it, you know, there might've been a few where it was like the guy was just really bad or, or you know, the author was really bad. But to me, there's something special about that. You know, just knowing that, that the author that, that wrote it and then they sometimes will add extra stuff. Have you ever done audiobooks for fiction? I don't know if I would like that. Sure. Yeah, I have. I actually am not a huge audiobook fan because I do really like just reading a physical book or reading on my Kindle. Um, but I think depending too on who the voice is, it could kind of take you out of the book, if that makes sense. Or at least that's how I feel is that it's hard to find a good person who you like imagine in your head as a character. So right. I think it depends. But like for a five hour car ride, heck yeah, I will listen to an audiobook because. Oh, for sure. Super entertaining. And it that makes would be the, the drive time. go so much faster. Yep. Yeah. And I want to, so I've, I've heard that they'll do different voices for the different characters and things like that. I don't know how that would fly for me. Um, I got to try it just to see what it's like to do. Fiction. So the one I listened to, was it about a month ago? Um, I listened to a fiction book. It was a romance and they had, I mean, it's dual point of view. So it, there's a male character and the female character and they like switch back and forth in the chapters on whose point of view it is. But they had a male voice and a female voice, which okay. I actually really liked until it started getting to the commentary and things like that, where the voice of the female would like make her voice really low and deep for the male commentary. Oh. And it was like a little bit strange. And then the male commenter would do the same thing with the female voice and he would make his voice go a lot higher for the female voice in the book. And it was like a little bit strange. Oh, see, so it would have been better if they made it almost like a teleplay and had the other person do the other voice. That would have made more sense. Yeah. And that's becoming more popular too now is if there is commentary in a book and you have a male and a female voice, they'll like go back and forth. And that makes more sense than I think switching it up like that. But yeah, so that that's another level that like becomes a production versus an audiobook. But I think that would be better for sure. Mm hmm. Or it'd be better to have just one voice. That might, that would get frustrating, I feel like. But, but yeah, I mean, AI will do all this pretty soon. Uh, right yeah, now, you said crazy. it sounds a little bit like AI, but give it give it a little bit of time. We'll see. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not, I just said it's kind of like Siri because you can kind, you can tell that it's AI generated. But yeah. Right. And so you also have one that's AI. I do. I do. So we, I got a couple AI things here. So. I'll skip to the one that's the most applicable here, which is Kendall Jenner and uh, Meta. They have created a Kendall Jenner chatbot. I'll share my screen here so you can see her. You can chat with her. So this is just a recording of her talking. 
and I'll play this real quick here. It kind of loops there. Hey guys, it's Billy. I just want to introduce myself. I am here to chat whenever you want. Message me for any advice. I am ready to talk and I hope to talk to you soon. That is so weird. Super creepy. <laughs> and supposedly you can chat her through Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger. I'm going to guess it's more text-based, but again, I haven't used that part. And just thinking what's coming with deep fakes and, and just all sorts of AI interactions. Like, you, you know, again, Snoop Dogg to read your book. You can have a conversation with Kendall Jenner or any other celebrity. And celebrities don't have to do the work anymore. Like, they, they can do the work at the that beginning so and retire. And let um, AI take over, which is crazy. And so. aren't there a bunch of celebrities that are really upset about this right now? I feel like I've seen some things that cele- there are a few ce- celebrities that aren't super fond of this. A lot of them are not. It's, it's the main sticking point or one of the sticking points for the um, actor strike, who is also mentioned in the writer strike, I think. But for sure, in the actor strike, they want they want this, you know, that the actor has to give approval before you can use their AI generator. Because a lot of AI is used for stunts, and you know they'll just do that. And you know, AI has been used when people have passed away. Um, they they've used AI to to you know generate a likeness based on you know, previous images and, and video. So actors are really nervous about it for that reason, for sure. Um, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it's weird. I'm assuming Kendall Jenner gave the approval for that and is making a lot of money. And I, I think Meta said there's, there's others that they've created too. This is the one that they've chosen to um, really publish. And, you know, because the Kardashians are so famous. Uh, but there are others as well. So look for this to be coming. Like, this is the next AI thing. It's, you know, you'll be able to have a friendly chat with your, or your, your celebrity crush or your, you know, your, the person that you can you know, that inspires you to be a better writer, you'll be able to talk to them. Like I might, I love Stephen King. I might be able to have a conversation with him. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. That might be scary, but you could. So it's coming, uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, so much has changed with AI, even in the past couple of months. Like with the Speechify thing with audiobooks, and then that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just going to keep improving for sure and oh, going absolutely. in two directions. So. It's here, it's here, and it's just going to get weirder, and it's just, you know, it's going to be a very, the next year for sure, and probably the next five years, and probably the next decade is going to be an adjustment period for us over and over and over again, to the point where we'll probably just be like, whatever. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll just get used to not being used to stuff, because it's going to be, it happened so fast, um, pretty soon, so. Okay, so that's the, my first and sort of the creepiest AI thing. I've got two others that are on AI, so... This one here, I had a big fan of Coca-Cola. Got my Coke on my desk right now. There you go. As usual. Represent. Um, I think I was able to do that one other time. But I had this. It wasn't very good, I got to tell you, but I prefer the, the regular flavor. But this recipe or flavor was created by, in part by AI, they say. So it was first time Coca-Cola co-created with artificial intelligence. So it helped create the flavor. I'm pretty sure it helped create the the name as well, um, Y3000, and it was okay. You said you, you said you tried it. I did try it. It was okay. Well, it, what does okay mean? Like, if you were to compare it to regular Coca Cola, which I don't even think not as good. I think I've tried like <laughs> diet and stuff, but I haven't tried all the other flavors and things like that. I mean, I'll I'll consume any beverage that has caffeine in it, and I'll be okay <laughs> with it, pretty much. I prefer regular Coke or Coke Zero, which tastes a lot like regular Coke. Those are my two go 
go-tos, but I've tried some of their limited edition flavors and they're, you know, okay. You know, this is the same as the ones that were created by people. They're just not Coke. It was kind of fruity, I guess, is how I would describe oh, interesting. it. interesting. But it's interesting. The name, I'm, a, I'm guessing this name came from Y2K somehow. Oh, you know, why the why? You know, it's obviously looking through old stuff, the year 3000, because it's in the future. I don't know. That's my guess as to where that came mm. from. And the flavor, how it does that, the fact that it can actually impart, you know, information. You know, I'm going to guess they ran their other flavors through some AI algorithm and it kicked back out a new recipe that they tried and thought it was okay. It's interesting. It was an interesting marketing tactic and it that wasn't so bad. interesting. You know, it wasn't like I couldn't drink it. So, but it was uh, like still sweet though, right? Or was yeah. it literally just like, okay. Oh, no. It tastes, I mean, it did not taste like, it tasted like Coke. It just tasted like a flavor of Coke. You know, just like mm, lime, you know, lime Coke is better. Maybe I'll and, have to find that somewhere then because now I'm super interested. Yeah. Cherry Coke is better. Mm. You know, the, the classics, this just had a bunch of different flavors going on at once. So it still tastes like Coke. It just, mm. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting that that would happen. This is- and then my other one. Oh, so this is my brother brought this to my attention. I thought this was very interesting. It has a lot to do with marketing. It has a lot to do with reviews that we, we talked about a lot. And it sort of proves the case that AI is coming to everything. So I've only seen this. I, I was searching on the desktop Amazon app, but I did not see this. But if you search for a product that has a lot of reviews. Will use AI to create a summary of the review. So this was for he was searching for frozen Skittles. Apparently, is a thing or not? Not frozen Skittles. Um, yeah, I guess frozen Skittles. And I guess this is a new trend in candy. Uh, or is to um, there's always new trends in candy. I love it. <laughs> right. I feel like there's another word in, within frozen something, but whatever. So, anyways, if you search for them, you can see it has four point four stars out of five. You could obviously go through and look through all the reviews. Um, there's 11,000 ratings here almost, or you can read this AI generated text that'll tell you that. That is so interesting. It tastes quality and texture of sugar candies. Some say they're delicious and they're fun to eat and way better than regular Skittles. Interesting. So they're just like the Skittles, you, you just pop them in the freezer. Right. But there's another word to it. It's um like flash frozen or something, but yeah. Oh, oh, oh I see what you're saying. Um, Like the freeze dried. Freeze dried, right? That's the word. Freeze dried Skittles. So, freeze dried candy is a huge thing right now. I've been wanting okay. to try that. I've never had it. So okay. So it's not just frozen. It's freeze dried, and people say that they're crushed and they're not durable, right? So you can see that there's that, but they taste good. They have good quality and good texture. So that's what people see, and <laughs> you don't have to read all the other reviews now, which is nice. Although I would probably still go look at the one star reviews to see what's yeah. on. Yeah, but yep. this is coming. You know, this is coming to Google reviews for sure. This. I don't know, Yelp probably won't do it, but the fact that now you don't have to search through to figure out what's going on, because if by and large, this is what the AI is saying and we trust it, we might ignore the fact that there's a few naysayers in there, you know, the the Mm -hmm. 0.6 out of 5 here that are upset, which is super interesting. And you can also see like what's good. And if I saw, well, if I was concerned about crushability, I would be like, oh, well, even though a lot of people are saying this, so maybe I don't want, maybe I don't want these. And uh, it'll tell you really, in addition to giving you your summary, it'll tell you what was bad and what was good. It's amazing. So, 
AI, again, is saving us time. It's giving us a better view here. And then you, it's still giving you the other data you can drill down. And I'm okay with this as long as it still allows me to look at the one-star reviews or the five-star reviews to see you know, what's really good from one specific person. But when I'm normally doing that, I'll look at three or four. Here I can see a, a summary of all, of them, which is nice. So, great. Interesting. What I would love is if this had a recent AI. So recently people have been saying this because, you know, if you've got 11,000 reviews, this might have been over the last two years. So recently people yeah, have been saying I, it's- Yeah, I like that idea. More people have been complaining about this or more people have been, because sometimes the, their packaging sucked a year ago and that's why there was all these negative reviews. But nobody's talking about that now because they figured it out. That would be awesome. Or sometimes like places will change ownership and things like that too. And then right. business will head in a different direction. Yeah. Right. So- so that's my sort of AI, AI in the news section. Lots of <laughs> lots of AI as usual out there in marketing and just in, in every place for sure. Yeah, and then my last one is honestly just super simple. I was when I was preparing for this episode, I was hitting a couple websites, and honestly, I can't remember what the websites were, but um, a lot of them had a ton of ads. Like I was reading one article, and it was paragraph ad paragraph ad and i was like okay that is super annoying because one it made me exit out of the website and i know people can make money from ads on their website but i mean you want to keep people there and it's like things like that that will have somebody bouncing from your website super quickly oh absolutely and you know recipes are notorious for this new sites are notorious for this and my my big frustration is when i click into a news article or a recipe. Um, so I've been clickbaited in some case. And I want to find out the thing that I want to find out the re how to make the recipe for the recipe. And if I clicked on an article, I want to find out what the, the title was saying, right? So I want to find that out. And they will tease that for paragraphs in order to put in you know, multiple, multiple ads throughout. And it gets very frustrating for you to get to what you actually care about. And usually, I'll try just like ticking my thumb and, you know, sort of skimming to the bottom, which Wiping, is yeah. usually where the, the recipe is. If I'm trying to cook something or, or they might finally tell the, the, you know, what the article title was. But in a lot of cases, I'll just, you know, once I realize that's what I'm going to see, I, I go find something else because uh, I don't want to see millions and millions of ads in order to get to something. And a lot of cases, they don't actually even tell you the thing that you want to see because their goal is just to get you to keep swiping yep, and seeing more and more ads so that they get more and more ad revenue, which is crazy. And the one that I was looking at too, it was the same ad, at least like, I mean, because they direct the ads to you. So it was actually, I think it was a SEMrush. I think that's what it is, right? That yeah. SEO software, it was an ad for that, but I saw it like 10 times in the same article. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I... A little over this website now. The The repetition is good, but I do... It's frustrating sometimes when you're like streaming something with, with that's not ad free and you see the same ad three times in the same break. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. It hasn't ever been a while. Yeah, we have Peacock and that has been happening a lot lately. Right. So it's not even like you're seeing the same ad three times throughout the same show. You're seeing it three times in a row. I don't know what yep. the, I think they just don't have more ads to show, but that is, has it the opposite effect, I think, because now you're, it's not the repetition, it's more the, the frustration. 
So you're, mm-hmm. you have a negative connotation with that ad. So you now have a negative connotation with SEMrush maybe because they didn't have other ads to show for you. you know, they don't know enough about you. They know, they know that you're an SEO, so they're going to show that. Yep. But we don't, there is that negative connotation as well of seeing it so often that it becomes, any ad is off-putting that it becomes off-putting at another level, which is a problem. Yeah, definitely. And then what was your last one? I'm going to skip my last one, I think, because I think we're going to do, we're at 41 minutes right now. Yeah, I was going to, th- I was thinking that too. And we're going to do more of these because I've got, there were, <laughs> I thought with these, this would be a 20 minute episode with the ones we picked. So I was wrong. And I have a bunch that I had already saved because I didn't want this to be too long. So I'm going to save this one for that. And, and we'll do more of these um, sort of junk drawer, you know, quick bites you know, what's in marketing news type episodes. Cause I like these. I think it's great to just think about, you know, what happened in the last month or week or, or whatever. And, and talk about marketing in general, because, you know, even though this doesn't have a set topic, you know, it's the set topic is marketing and being frustrated by stuff and, and a lot of AI and, um, a lot of what's new. There's a and, lot happening right now too. So it is fun to go through it all. Right. Right. So, but this was, our next episode, we're going to, I don't think we're going to title it Junk Drawer, but it is, this is in our Junk Drawer series per se. Uh, maybe we will. I'm not sure. We'll figure that out when we go to post it, but you know, it's just fun to to look at it. And, and I, again, I'm not going to say when we'll see you because I can't commit to, is it going to be one week? Is it going to be two weeks? Sometimes it's the next week. Sometimes it's three weeks later, but we'll see you soon. Again, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, most of you are. Um, thanks for watching. You get to see, you know, we have a lot of visuals that I've been sharing. It'll be up on the screen. If you're listening, that's great too. That's how probably I would be listening to it. So you, know, you can go to the show notes and see links to all these things that we've been talking about. Again, like and subscribe and keep following along. We've been enjoying it and we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you guys later. Bye.